your wives don't put up with what you know is intended to be put up with. And look here, Noah was one of the righteous over the flock. No wonder if, oh my, says the mother bear, how will I ever be able to go along fine with such a mate? All the other boys will laugh at me, and the birds will sit on my nose. There's enough room for twelve sparrows. And what if the woodpecker starts to work on the tip of my nose? Please, please help me. Sure there's nothing in the leather bag, says the fairy. No, I told you before, there's nothing in the bag. The fairy queen waved her wand in the air again, and again Pinocchio's nose began to dip even more. Don't tell me, said Pinocchio. I don't have to touch my nose again to know what's happened. I can see that my nose has grown even bigger than before. Why have you done this to me? Now I can have twenty-four sparrows on my nose. I shall ask you just once more, says Raphael. It is still anything in the leather bag. Yes, oh yes, said Pinocchio, whose nose was now so long that he thought it would grow fast. There are three gold coins in the bag. Are you sure there are only three, said the fairy? Oh, yes, I am sure there are only three. Please do not make my nose grow any bigger. I can hardly reach the end of it. How will I ever be able to blow my nose? The fairy queen smiled at this and said, Pinocchio, I shall drop everything and everything to see the village Geppetto. You have been a good boy up until today, but when I put that leather bag in front of you and every time you crawl and find it, I will question you. I want to know whether you would tell a lie and you did. You not only told one lie, you told two. That is not a good way to behave. Pinocchio began to cry boy could cry. I promise you I will never tell a lie again. I promise. As soon as Pinocchio finished talking, his nose began to itch again, and you could tell that his nose was beginning to return to its normal size. He reached up to touch it and found that his nose was once again just the size that Geppetto had said it was. Oh, thank you, fairy, said Pinocchio. Thank you for giving me my real nose back. Thank you for that, she said. You have truly learned that you must never lie again when you have much more to thank me than just for your nose. Geppetto could have skinned your nose every day, but only you can be truthful and reliable. Take the leather bag, Pinocchio. I am sure you will want to have it back so you can teach other boys not to lie. No, said the fairy. You take it home with you and give it to good Geppetto. He will find the best way to use those people in the fairy kingdom. And with those words, the fairy vanished, and suddenly she had appeared. Pinocchio was quite alone in the forest. He put the bag in a inner pocket of his jacket, but Geppetto had gotten in the fairy diamond necklace. As soon as he closed the door behind him, Pinocchio gave the three gold coins to Geppetto. Where did you get these, Geppetto? he asked. In the forest. Fairy gave them to me, said Pinocchio. After telling that story, my boy, you'll have to go to bed without your dinner. Pinocchio began to cry, though the little wooden boy could cry, and he told Geppetto the full story. But Geppetto, who didn't believe in fairies, said, I believe you think you're telling the truth, but just to be sure, you have to go to bed without your dinner anyway. Tomorrow I will ask all the townspeople whether they know anything about this story. If no one knows whose bag it is, I will buy food for the poor families in this town. 
Colorado. And this was a big start later as he was getting into jail. I told him we had finished, and even though I told the truth, the rest still been washing my nose with vigor and vigor. I would never tell a lie again. That's when the wonderful Spirit of God
move them back into safety away from poison and arsenic poisoning. And it is I, Rakachan, Kadim, who answered, and then troubled mind, she shall not be dead. She shall live to run with the pack and hunt with the pack. And in the end, Rook, you, hunter of little naked cubs, he shall hunt thee and I'll get thee hence away and go. Wilcon might have faced Bob or Rook, but he could not come up against another Rook, and he knew that where Pete had all the advantage was only to be grounded down and close to the Apache defenses. So he backed out of the cave, not growling, and the moment it was clear, he shouted, Each dog barks in his own yard. We will see what the pack will say to the fox and the mongrel. The cub is mine, and my feet will come to any one. Rook failed Pete. Mother Rook threw herself down, fainting, and ran to fetch. Father Rook said to her gravely, Will Khan speaks this much truth. The cub must return to the pack. The law of the jungle lays down very clear that any wolf marries, and he marries, is brought from the pack he belongs to. As, as soon as his cubs are old enough to turn in their feet, he must bring them back to the pack promptly. This is normally held once a month at full moon in order that the other wolves may identify them. After that, the cubs are free to run as they please. Father Rook waited for his cubs to grind around a little, and then on the night of the pack moon, he took all of them, and the mongrel, the man-cub, and Mother Rook to the council rock. Akela, the great gray lone wolf, who had all the pack by strength and cunning, lay out at full length on his rock. Below him sat forty or more wolves of every size and color. There was very little talking at the rock. The cubs tumbled around each other in the center of the circle where their mothers and fathers sat. Sometimes a mother wolf would push her cubs far out in the moonlight to be sure that he had not been overlooked. Akela from his rock would cry, You know the law! You know the law! Look well, oh you wolves! take up the cry, Look well, all you wolves! And at last Father Rook took Mongrel, calling the frog, calling him the frog, into the center. And when she sat laughing and playing with some pebbles, the cubs listened in amazement. Akela never raised his head from his paws, but went on with one monotonous cry, Look well, a muffled roar came up from behind the rock. The voice of Wilcon was crying out, the cub is mine, give him to me. What have the free people to do with a man-cub? Akela never twitched his ears. All he said was, Look well, O wolves. What have the free people to do with the orders of any save the free people? Look well. There was a chorus of deep growls, and young wolf in his fourth year flung back Wilcon's question. What have the free people to do with a man-cub? Now the law of the jungle lays down that if there is any dispute of the right of a cub to be accepted by the pack, he must be spoken for by at least two members of the pack who are not his father and mother. Who speaks for this pack, said Akela. Among the three, who speaks? There was no answer. Mother Rook got ready for what she knew would be her last fight between Pete and Spike. Other creature who's allowed at the pack council, Baloo, the 
Stacy Brown Wood, who features the riff section for the Jaws with Wonder. He rose up on this one, so we can enhance it. for the man child. There is no harm in the man child. Let him run with the pack and be equal with the others. I myself will teach him. We need yet another, said Akira. Baloo has spoken. Who speaks besides Baloo? A black shadow dropped down into the circle. It was Bagheera, the inky black panther. Everyone knew Bagheera, and nobody cared to cross his path or eat of his honeys or jackals as bold as a wild buffalo, and as reckless as a wounded elephant, but he had a voice as soft as wild honey and swift as the chase. Oh, Akira, he's a chaser, he said. I have no right in your kingdom, but the gods have been dispelled by the blade of a dark man. This is not a killing matter. Strive to remove targets. The life of that cub you have brought at a price. Don't judge, said the young wolf, who had always been kind. Listen to Bagheera. The cubs you brought for a price took the law. Bagheera continued. Kill a naked cub as a human. Fine, I am no such dork to even be drunk. Baloo has spoken, said Akira. And at the Baloo's word, I will have one bull and a fat one, nearly killed, not a hop on me. the bull, Bagheera. Let him be accepted. Their tongue rolled in the night, and Bagheera buried him under the mother of the moccasins that overhung him. Ah, roar well, said Bagheera, and the wolf whispered, The time comes when this naked man will become a man and roar the mother's tongue. It was well done, said Akira. Men and their cubs are very wise. He may be a help in the end. Take him away, he said to the father wolf. One of the herd. Now they call Magua has entered into the wolf pack at the price of a bull, not the least worth killing. That's the end of section 16. Third story is a short one that's not in the technical provision for our Duncan and Mount Wonder were off on a digging expedition. They had seen a river of river of crystallite into it and would do. Where are you going and what do you wish? he told Mount Wonder. We have come to search for the herring fish that live in the snowless sea. Much the children heard that week of Duncan, Duncan and Mount. 
old men left and became strong, but their doctrines were confused. And when he had fed them all night long, he suffered the words of Jesus. But later scholars declare that certain sayings set forth in Matthew 18 are correct in that wherever you dig, never a pole shall reap, which I despise as a fishing metaphor for meaning extinction. All night long in my mud church seated, stars in the twinkling sky. Down from the sky came wooden shoes, and then I heard them crying. Was all so pretty a sail at sea that ships could not read? And some folks thought the dreadful doom had been averted when the great Savior had appeared. But Simon Mary said, Verse 23, These things intend not. These things intend not to set you alive, and not as a little head. And the wooden shoe that sails the sky shall leave you thunderhead. But fix your eyes while I glance down at wonderful sights like these. You shall see the beautiful things Christ wrought in the midst of the trees, where old he wrought in the fishing metaphors for meat extinction. So there you go. Three different stories. I hope you like them. Listen for and watch for more stories to come from Graham. Love you, Atlas. Happy birthday from Graham from Graham.